Lifetime Live with Griselda Tutumashe. And that was uh, Monewa Isipang. And uh, we're talking right now about uh, language policies in, in our country. And uh, Katie wrote a very interesting uh, piece. Students at tertiary institutions have been protesting about a number of uh, genuine concerns um, that affect them, such as uh, inca- the encumbered um, access to in- these institutions of higher education, unaffordable fees, lack of accommodation, etc., etc., and all these uh, genuine concerns um, acknowledged. Um, but then again, uh, the issue of language uh, comes uh, forth and, and it affects universities like Stellenbosch University, University of Free State, University of Pretoria, University of the Northwest and uh, they, they, these universities they are Africans English medium um, they, they use Africans and English as their medium of instruction um, so when when a campaign like um, Africans must fall, where do we begin a conversation that does not do what we did in the past? We we recognize the rights of uh, some and and disregarded um, the rights of others. How do we learn from what has been done uh, in other countries as we develop language? Uh, do we even have um, language policies post 1994? And uh, to join us uh, to unpack this is Katie Wemare, who is a language activist, researcher and communications consultant. Good afternoon and welcome, Katie. We thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thank you very much, Priscilla, and uh, thank you to your audience as well. Thank you to your audience. Very interesting piece that uh, you penned. And I mean, as, as I was looking at uh, the author's name, um, it, you know, understandably so that you'd be so passionate in uh, getting us to just take time out and recognize that we cannot just nullify people's uh, history. Maybe just to explain to our audience as we begin this conversation, how do we combine Katie and Mare? <laughs> um. Maria is my marriage surname, but I don't think that should be a factor to consider in terms of my perspective on the issue of language. Of language. I, I strongly believe in multilingualism with or without my surname. I think I would still believe in, in promoting and developing multilingualism in our country. I had to get that out of the way. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for indulging me. Uh, you know, let, let's begin, uh, start from the beginning. Did we or do we have a language policy post-1994 that informs where, where we're heading as a country? The policies is in place, Christopher. Uh, uh, the problem is the implementation. There's mm. never been a real serious commitment to implement this multilingual policy. We've got national language policy framework. We've got a policy for higher ed- for tertiary institutions. That with both of these instruments promote multilingualism and say we should develop multilingualism, but it is not happening. We also have the constitution in particular as far as education is concerned. As section twenty nine, twenty nine of our constitution said everyone has got a choice of language, what language can be used for, for learning and teaching, and uh, although subject to practicality and so on, but it says everyone has a choice. So when we begin to say Africans must fall, it means we're beginning to take away uh, rights of, of other people, whereas our constitution gives us all the rights to make that choice. 
What do you say to people who say that would be very expensive for the country to embrace all 11 languages or all 11 official languages? I would say to them, monolingualism is very expensive. We've seen it in the, in the national and international research that has been done that our learners scores the lowest on literacy mm. and numeracy because they are using languages that is not their mother tongue, their primary languages. That is costly. We've got high levels of dropout in schools. Uh, there are various other social problems that are related to that, but language is also one of the factors that uh, learners are, are, are taught in languages that are not their primary languages, and therefore the language does not serve them. It's, 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 it's not accessible because of that language barrier for them. Although the other barriers, but at learning and teaching, language is a big issue and it's a big barrier. That we've got such high, high dropout rates, it's costly for the country. Mm-hmm. It's not helping health masses of uneducated people. That is also costly. For multi- monolingualism is costly, it's expensive as well. All right, uh, we take your calls on 0891-104-207. What's our voice note on 0614-104-107 as we reflect on our language policy. Uh, Africans has been in media um, and caused an uproar about uh, University of Pretoria and their decision to phase out Africans as a medium of uh, instruction, as a medium of teaching. What's your take on this? And uh, we joined on the line by Katie Wemare, who is a language activist, researcher and community communications consultant. Uh, We pay the bills uh, when we return. We take your questions, comments. At SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. And that's us. Uh, thank you so much uh, for connecting with us. Looking forward um, to your inputs as we have this uh, very important uh, conversation um, in the times that we live in in our country as we all contribute towards building the South Africa that uh, we'll be proud of. And uh, Katie Wimare is, uh, is my guest uh, in Johannesburg as we talk about language and uh, talking about the African's language. And uh, I, I, in, in your view, um, is this anger perhaps misinformed, misdirected, or uh, the the concerns that have been raised are genuine? Ketiwe? I think the anger is misdirected. It is misdirected because we want to channel our energy in fighting Africans instead of channeling our energy in building and promoting multilingualism. But all by this stage, if by 1994, when this language policy instruments where were 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 launched were were promoted and seriously developed we would be having multilingual in such that if somebody wanted to do their studies in zulu or in Tibeti or Tsonga, they would have access to that nobody would be feeling any angst about africans about other people having access to africans but now we're busy channeling all our energy into into destroying what is not broken africans have proven that any language is capable of being developed to the highest level of higher use in, high, in higher domains. If we can focus our energy on doing that for African languages from school level up to tertiary level, that's where we should be putting our energy. That's where we should be putting all our resources rather than wasting our time fighting about an example. That, that is an example that has worked. We should mm. be learning from it. We should say, how have Africans done it? Can these uh, learnings 
be shared for indigenous languages. That's where we should be putting our energy. And again, what are we saying to those who want to learn in, in Africans, process their rights to do so. And by the way, Africans is not only spoken by, by white, so-called white Africans only. There are also black people whose, Afri- whose language is Africans. Uh, the colored people whose language is mm, African and some of the same people want to take away those rights from those people simply because our rights are not being realized or not putting our energy into realizing our own energy into, into realizing our own language mm. that they are developed they are using respecting them and our cultures as well let's take calls on 0891-104-207 whatsapp voice notes on 0614 104107. We both on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio, and you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live and SMS us on 40938 charged at 150. Patrick, you're joining us from Weedbank. Good afternoon. Hi, hi, this is Chris Hi, Bob. Uh, my sister, you know, I, well, obviously I'm agreeing with the ladies in, in, in the studio. You know, my sister, the problem is this. Have you have you noticed how passionate uh, Africaners are with, with, with their language? My worry is this, especially to us black people. Both black people will spend their entire time wanting to perfect themselves in English. We we, we push our own languages. I mean, mm. I mean, black people have got this thing of when you speak English, you are there, you are intelligent. And Africaners, they take pride in their languages. Mm. I think for us to, to, to want to wipe Africans aside, I think it, it does, it, to me, I think it's a bit unfair. It is a bit Thank unfair. You, Patrick. I know we are so quick, because I can tell you now, some will be labeling me that when I support the Ombuso Mapu, you sell out. It's not a point. You are sell out. This is not a point. You know what the issue then becomes, Patrick? The issue then becomes, why are we then selective in parts of our history that violated human rights? I mean, we've had about Battle of uh, Isandlwana, where people were killed for power. Are we then going to go um, that when uh, we have a different, a, a certain tribe taking over, uh, we then going to nullify other people's history? Uh, is that how far we're going to take it, or is it only about Africans? In closing... <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I, I don't know what, what, what's wrong with us. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking specifically to my black people. As you can hear, I am black. I speak actually more than five languages, my sister, including the mm. very same Africans that people want to wipe out. It's a pity. But yeah, we must start loving our own languages, really, rather than focusing on wiping out Africans. Thank, Thank you, Patrick. Goedag. All right, let's go to Kondile in Mangaung. Good afternoon. Afternoon, uh, Kriselda. And, and your guest. Look, uh, I did comment earlier on this subject. But uh, I must indicate, though, that, uh, you know, language uh, in the context of South Africa was not only a violation of human rights. It was a total suppression of being, because if you are talking of ourselves as Africans, Mm-hmm. Uh, culture, our culture, our being, it's embedded in the language. Once you miss an opportunity of practicing your language, it means you are losing yourself, you are losing your beings, you are losing being in existence. Mm-hmm. So I think the developments within the 
the space of uh, language. Uh, it's uh, an interesting development, and it also has to be encouraged because what is happening in that institution is that it's something that it's long overdue, that one language of a very minute uh, grouping in the country uh, takes prominence, Africans uh, this time around. So it's something that I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a milestone for the students there, and then they mm-hmm. must take that serious. And actually, this must transpire to all institutions, where they are talking of uh, uh, the, the TVET colleges and so This must happen, because if it doesn't happen, you are then disadvantaging those people who are supposed so to be working. So the call, Gondile, the call is to demolish. Uh, when you say this must happen, um, is it development of language, uh, that it embraces uh, all South Africans and their language and their diversity, or is it you, you supporting the call to demolish? Well, demolish is something. Now that the, the Africans is in existence, it has to be treated like any other uh, official language. Look, in, 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 in South Africa, we're still lucky because we have 11 official languages. When you go to uh, Nigeria. Like, uh, Nigeria, where you have more than 100 yeah. languages, and they're struggling to uphold any of them, and instead they're resorting to, to English, then you must say uh, South Africa were lucky. But one other thing, uh, Chris Elder, it is the same thing that you're raising, uh, you raised earlier of uh, how do we develop these 11 uh, 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 official languages to be to enjoy the same status that the English is uh, enjoying. Because if you are not going to do that, it then means you are going to have students who are unable to decode mm. a, a, a language because if you are it's not to mother decode, tongue. Gondila, I'm going to have to take um, the news headline. Thank you. Thank you very much for those inputs. And I, I love it when you say total suppression of being. We need to consider this. And uh, here's the news headlines uh, with Utsile Sako. And that's us. And uh, you find us 104 to 107 nationwide. And right now broadcasting uh, from our Sea Point studios overlooking um, the beautiful um, sea in, in Cape Town. And uh, uh, my guest on the line is Ketiwe Wemare, who is a language activist, researcher and communications consultant. And uh, we're talking about the Africans language. Um, uh, she's very passionate about uh, uh, multilingualism and penned a very interesting piece um, asking very pertinent questions and that's what uh, we're beginning to unpack uh, right now and uh, just looking at your calls uh, we're taking Vumisa in Deben good afternoon and welcome Vumisa good afternoon and welcome to Lifetime Live afternoon and how are you wonderful say how are you I'm good I'm very good I'm very good Um, my contribution uh, on this particular topic would be in this way it is my view that, um, you know, post-1994, there were certain things that were done very hasty kind of uh, 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 situation, including, among other things, uh, the use of the African language. As much as I do not agree with the fact that uh, it has to be, you know, demolished, uh, however, we need to, to be careful of uh, history here. Um, the reason why I'm saying this is that uh, before we can even talk about the people who speak Africans as a language, we need to look at the language itself and how instrumental this uh, language was used to 
oppress our people. And for instance, I'll make a simple uh, example. When a legislation is passed today, 25 years later, it is passed first in English and in African. Now, uh, as someone who is very close to uh, our history, you get very uh, 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 concerned, you know, to say this language, first and foremost, and most importantly, it was used as a form of uh, instrument for oppression. And today, it would appear that it is still given preference. I mean, those universities which uh, they are medium language, it's, it's Afrikaans and, and, and English. To me, it's like they don't care about uh, other languages of, 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 of this country and, and, and other languages. Yes, African-speaking people at the end of the day become part of a South African population. And we mm-hmm. love them, you know. However, I think the approach in respect of how we deal with languages in South Africa. As it has been said in the Constitution that uh, we are all equal here in South Africa. Why, yeah. when we uh, 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 languages, the policy has been developed, uh, such uh, approach is, is the same and, and equal, you know? Like I'm saying, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's uh, uh, in, in the law facility, and like I'm saying now, when a legislation is passed, it's passed in in English and Africans. And if you go to other courts, if you go to other government buildings, you still see the landmarks of 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 apartheid. You still you still see things written in in, in Africans, you know. And that is the problem. However, All right. I, however, my suggestion would be: we don't need to 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 you know to eliminate any language in, in South Africa. Reality is, uh, we had our past. And now we have the current time and we are going mm. to the future. So what I'm saying is that all languages should be equal. There shouldn't be any language that is preferred. That than, receives prominence. And I'm sure, I mean, transformation uh, would be needed most in in, in your fraternity, uh, Vomisa, um, because legally speaking, I mean, it's Afrikaans is, is quite dominating um, in, in in your field of work as well. Correct. If, if for instance, if you go to court, um, some attorneys still use Afrikaans, and you would wonder why you you find. Everyone who's good in, in all these professions, uh, uh, will be African speaking people. I mean, for instance, if, uh, like, uh, I'm doing, but I grew up in, in the history of speaking people, if I did mathematics, history, everything in Sutro, mm. I can tell you now, uh, I would be doing things differently. Go to any hospital, go to any. Uh, yeah. Now, lawyer, look, you know. it's it's agreeable, Vumisa, that uh, we we definitely need to start um, looking at other languages, um, applying or allocating resources as well. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, Vumisa, for that. I'm going to take Bonani in Transkai and uh, Ketiwe. Then you respond to all of them as we conclude. Uh, Bonani, good afternoon and welcome. Hello, Hello. Do we and, still say uh, Transkai? Yes, we still say Transkai this side. Due to the oh. fact that some people don't understand when you say, I say in Kumbu. They say, where is that? 
Yeah, but Tina Stalling and Kumbu, Tina, we will not ask you ways that. Um, Kumbu is acceptable on this show. <laughs> Welcome. So, ma'am, I just want to just understand one thing. We've got 11 official languages. Yeah. Each and everyone has got a right to learn at least 11 or 5. He's got the right to learn all the languages. But when I feel... Well, I feel we are disadvantaged whereby we as Africans, we are expected to know at least three languages. At school, we're taught English, Afrikaans, and it's a course, even your mother tongue. But what about other races? Aren't they learning some of our languages? Because where, where, where I'm looking at it is that we as Africans, we have to learn other people's languages, which is no problem. My dad speaks fluent Afrikaans. I don't have a problem with that. I studied Afrikaans. I don't have a problem with that. But what I don't like is whereby when you go to Kimberley, everyone yeah. speaks Afrikaans. No one wants to speak, speak Tosa. Now, mm. I'm, am I... Am I I'm so do we crucify people, Bonani, for being proud of their language now? Because... I'm, I'm proud of this Tosa, Sam. I can uh, well, then Tosa. is Tosa back to them. Because you, you go to... No, look, yeah, I, I get your point because the de- development needs to be broadened in, in that manner because you go to China. If you cannot converse um, in, in Chinese, you're in trouble. You go to France. If you cannot uh, converse in, in, in French, you are in trouble. Um, if you, you need to learn the basics and you come to South Africa, I feel like we're compromising way too much. Uh, we don't take pride in our languages. Uh, your response, Ketiwe, as we conclude this conversation, I think my response is to acknowledge that Africans have had a history of narrow nationalism and it was used as an exclusive language to oppress other people. But at the mm. same time, we have decided to, we, we need to oppose that kind of narrow Africans exclusivism with multilingualism, with inclusivity, mm-hmm. which therefore means that we also have to be proud of our language, we have to promote them, but we also at the same time cannot take away other people's right to want to use Africans. And as far as education is concerned, you can have parallel media. Those who need Africans can use Africans for learning. Those who need English can use English for learning. Those who need Zulu should be able to allow to use those languages. We've got no, we've got no business taking other people's language. We should yeah. defend our language. We should be promoting our, our languages. And also we should stop pretending that English is a neutral language. English is a colonial language. It was brought to us, was imposed to us. Just as as, 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 as second stage Africans was imposed on people which triggered the 1976 uprising. But at the but, same time, we do not want to go back to that history. We need yeah. to move forward by promoting all our languages and being and proud of our languages. That's the our careers, of our cultures, our cultures, and of our being, and use them mm. as resources in education. Not right, to we have... one language, because what has happened in the Tertiary Institute, people are pushing against Africans and want English only. But English is also not their mother tongue. They should be finding to have their mother tongue developed to the level That's where it. they can use it in education as, as and when they need it. Let, let's take Takalani as our last caller. I know that I had said um, last caller, um, <laughs> but Takalani has been holding for a while and uh, okay. calling us from Pretoria. Good afternoon and welcome, Takalani. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you very much. I just wanted to contribute that uh, as much as English is not our mother tongue, so at least it's fair because it's, it's no one's mother tongue as compared to those who are studying in Africans because Africans... Uh, they're, they're studying in, in, in their mother tongue. 
And mm. while others are uh, studying on a different language, which is not their mother tongue. So I listened to a lady from Africa this morning who was complaining that uh, the African, African students were complaining that they couldn't write, uh, they couldn't get a question paper in Africans because the lecturer doesn't understand Africans. So if you turn, we turn that around. What about black mm. students mm. who are being told that it's only Africans class? They cannot get somebody to teach them in, in English. When you talk about multilingual, are you saying that, uh, like, University of Pretoria should have all the languages? It's impossible. It cannot happen that we can have all 11 languages. As, as long as we've got one neutral language, which is no one's language, then everybody's mm. on equal footing. Got you. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for, for that contribution. It's not, it's not anyone's language. All right. Let, let, let's, let's say goodbye. Let's say goodbye to Dakalani. Katie, let's say goodbye to Dakalani and then we, we can close. All right. Thank you so much, Dakalani. Thank you for that call. You can go ahead, Katie. Thank you. I'm just saying. You can't say English belongs to no one. They are English speakers. They are people whose mother yeah. tongue, whose primary language is English. And mm. they're in the minority. But we're saying we want to give this minority all the extra privileges that other privileges must be taken away and only to remain with the English. That is also wrong. I'm saying we've got multilingualism. If we can That's put it. our energy and our resources and our thinking, we can develop these languages as resources and have them use in, 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 in teaching and learning. And yeah. where people are using their mother tongue in teaching and learning, education is better. So, so better 25 years later... Participation. 25 years later, uh, how long should people be patient um, to, for their it, languages to be recognized? They should stand up and demand that make those demands. When demands are made, the resources should be made available. Just like with us, we're shy about our languages. The only thing we're not shy about is against Africans. But when we say, then, if you don't want Africans, don't use Africans. But let those want to use it. Well, what do you want to use? Use your language. We need to demand for the policy is there. The policy is there. It just not has not been implemented. There's never been any political will to commit to implementing it and to put resources. But also because of language speakers, we still mm. no, we, we, we we don't we don't do anything about making sure that those policies are implemented. We, we need Thank to you, stand Katira. up as speakers of this language and say, we insist that resources be allocated. We insist on using mm. our language. As you say, if you go to France, you can't be silent in France if you don't speak oh, never. their language. We also need to insist that we need our language. You can't go to Germany and expect to be served in English or any other language. You have to mm-hmm. learn the language of that environment. But with us, we don't make sure that people learn our language in our own environment and use them and promote them. We don't do that. Is that what we need to focus on? That's what we need to do. Thank you. And we Thank can you very much. Industries with a printing material, learning and teaching material, it can create industry and create decent jobs for that matter. If we make use of our languages. Thank you. Thank you All right. That's Ketiwe Mare, who's a language activist. I mean, activists sound like this, are very passionate. Um, and uh, she's passionate about language. She's a researcher and communications uh, consultant. That's where we leave this conversation, but uh, it continues at SAFM Radio. And you can hashtag 
hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live and uh, also uh, your SMS is at 40938. Unfortunately, I'm not able to read some of your messages on social media. I'm hoping um, that uh, we'll get time to do so. Right now, uh, we do our words of wisdom and Dr. Alamein Nene is joining us as a systems thinker and leadership uh, dynamics specialist after this.